special need you'd like to make known by way of uplifted hand this morning. God sees these needs, these that are present in the church. I know some of you watching, Brother David, White, the devil's just been fighting in his body, but we believe God's going to take care of that. We believe he has, but we believe those symptoms will leave his body today. And all those that have sickness and things, we know we, we are overcomers. Amen. We believe in a God who can meet these needs. Heavenly Father, every hand that was raised, we ask you, Lord, this morning to come and meet that need. Lord, you said you even, even as the word was preached, that you healed the people while the word went forth. I pray that that would be so this morning. Oh, God, may you just speak directly to us, Lord. Move me out of the way. Lord, may you speak to your children. Comfort them where they need to be comforted, Lord. Stir them up, Lord, where they need to be stirred up. Lord, and bring us closer to you. Father, I pray that there would not be one here that would not be ready that day, Lord, when we go home, I pray that you'd move, heal every sick person, touch every heart, we pray this morning, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 27, Psalm chapter 27, we'll read verses 1 through 5, it's good to have all of you with us this morning, Brother Joel already greeted you, but good to be together in the house of the Lord and uh, missing several families this morning, but they'll be back, I'm sure, as soon as life allows. You know, life gets in the way, but we have a big God, don't we? Amen. Amen. A big God that, uh, and he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be, he wants to be first. He wants to have preeminence in the church. Matthew chapter, or Psalms, rather, chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Amen. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word. You may be seated this morning. The one constant thing down through uh, time over the last 2,000 years has been the anticipation of the second coming of Christ. We're told that the early church greeted each other with the word Maranatha. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And so no matter what they've been through that day, no matter what they'd been through during that week, that was their rally cry that they had was that it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe my child was sick. Maybe uh, the, uh, there was persecution. Maybe there was trouble. And we identify with that trouble today, maybe not in the same way that they did. But we live in, in a troubled world. We live in a, yeah. a time when there's, uh, when there's war and rumors of war and sickness and pandemics and all of these things. And yet we can greet one another with the same uh, greeting that they did back then. Right. The Lord is coming. 
And this attitude of anticipation has existed in, in, in one way or another all through uh, the church history. In fact, Martin Luther said this. He said he had only two days on his calendar, today and that day. Oh, my. I tell you what, that, that ought to be every one of us. Yes. Because you don't know what's coming tomorrow, but you know that day is coming. Yes, sir. I don't know what will happen in Ukraine. I don't know what the end result of what Russia is doing now. I don't know what gas prices are going to do. I'm not sure what tomorrow holds, but I know this. That day is coming. Yes. And when that day comes, there will be a king, amen, who will rule in righteousness. There will be a, yes, a king who will be above all of the earth. And I'm so glad that that day is coming. There have always been scoffers as well down through church history. That's always been the same ever since the people gathered in the shadow of Noah's ark and waited. And then when it didn't happen, when they thought it would, they laughed and made fun. Uh, down to today, there's been scoffers. And 2 Peter chapter 3 tells us, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust or their own desires and saying, where is the promise of his coming. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So they point to the delay in his coming and they say, well, we might as well just live. We might as well just do what we want to do. We might as well just go on with life because yeah. we see that he's not come in the time that we thought he would come in. But listen, that they're like the servant who supposes that his Lord's coming is delayed. And so they begin to smite their fellow servants, and they begin to look away. But that has always existed too, but it's always been in that other group. The bride has always looked for the coming of the Lord. Yes. And, and the, and the make-believer has always scoffed at the coming of the Lord. We shouldn't think nothing strange about that today. They always have and they always will. There have always been people who laughed at God's people. Yep. There have always been people if, who put up websites if they could have in the day that yep. they lived oh. about God's people. There have always been people who are against the message of the hour. Don't look at them. Yep. But when you see these things begin to come to pass, yes, when you see the things come on the earth that we see right now, he said, look up. Yes, Amen. Don't look down. Don't look around. Don't look at your brother or sister. But look up. Yes. When you see these things begin to come on the earth, look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. Right. Your redemption is closer than it was before. Amen. Aren't you glad you can look up today and know that? Yes. Amen. Now, Brother Branham teaches us in the rapture, and I want to look at this this morning and approach it, if, if I may, and kind of... Uh, the way that Brother Branham did at, at first in the, in the rapture message. And he tells us to be in the rapture, you must be a part of the bride. Yeah. Right? To be in the rapture, you must be a part of the bride. He said, now the thing of it is, after we find out these things, Christ is coming for his bride. Yes. And, and we found that out yesterday at the wedding. Eventually, I told you I'm going to quit using the wedding as an analogy. <laughs> but the wedding happened yesterday, and we all were there. But only the bride went with the groom. Yeah. Right? We didn't get to go on that journey. Only the bride goes with the groom. Amen. Brother David, it's good to see you this morning. Only the bride goes with the groom. Aren't you glad that God still, God still has a bride? Amen. There's still one chosen to go with the groom. Yeah. Right. And only the bride goes in the rapture. He said, now, then the question would be, how do we get into that bride? How do we get into that bride? And he went into how some said, well, it was a sensation or speaking with tongues. But how does the scripture say? How do we get in, into this body? 1 Corinthians 12, by one spirit, 
We're all baptized into this body by one Holy Spirit baptism. He said, if you want to put that down, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. By one spirit, we are all baptized, and the spirit is the life of Christ. You can't get into that bride without the life of Christ being in you. How does that happen? By the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you say, wait, Brother Ben, you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and not be saved. You can on the outer realm, but not on the seed. If you are a seed of God and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will be born again. There's nothing that can stop that. Yes. Are you with me now? There's got to, hey man, that's the difference is in the seed, not in, and we've talked about that. It's the same Holy Ghost falls on the tares and the weeds, but the difference is there's a seed for the man on the inside that responds. There's something in the bride that responds to the word of God. Yes, oh, is that true of you this morning? Yes. Is there something on the inside of you that responds to the word? What is that? That's that seed on the inside. Come on. Then when yeah. the baptism of the Holy Ghost falls on you, it doesn't make you just shout and jump, and, though it makes you do that. I believe in those things. It doesn't make you just do that, though, but it makes you, it changes you. It yeah. makes you live a life. Amen. And so Brother Brandon would answer his critics when they'd say, well, this is just a bunch of emotion. He said, but what makes them change? Yes. What makes them change? What makes a drunkard into a man of God? Yeah. What makes a drunk, a drug addict into a, into a husband or a father? Yeah. What makes a, a woman who's basically a prostitute into a daughter of God? What does that? It's God that does that. Yes. Right. You can look back at your family tree and see what you used to be. I can look back at my yeah. family tree, but the man, see what we come from. And I can say it was only God that affected a change in my life. Yes, to be in this bride, you must have the baptism of the Holy yes, Ghost. Yeah. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. You can't get there, but the Bible said it's like the Chinese laundry. He said you have to have the same spirit that he did, the other half of the ticket. They would tear the ticket in two. And you come back, you don't get to match unless you have the other ticket. You can't get the laundry. Unless you have the other half of the ticket, you can't go home. Yes. Hey, man, that's the token that it takes to get over there. Now, Brother Branham said this spirit is the life of Christ. He said in the life of any seed, which he was the word seed, brings the seed to life. He said, if that life is laying in the seed and this baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon it, it's bound to bring that seed life. Yes. Hallelujah. Again, he said, now it's the seventh church ages that takes the rapture. Yes. Seventh church age, rather, that takes the rapture. All the other six died, but Enoch was translated because he was not found, God took him. But Enoch raptured was a type of all the rest of them dying, but the end time bride would be called out he said, the rapturing without death will be called out of the seventh church age, which we are now bearing record of that age. In other words, we can look around us and see yeah. the conditions are the same as what he said they would be during the later seeing church age. There's lukewarmness everywhere. The church has fallen away. In fact, they put Christ on the outside. He's knocking to get back in. Yes. We find he's not in the church at all. Come on. He's completely yeah. on the outside. Not, yeah. not the bride now, not the overcomer, but the church. Yes. He's knocking at the door trying to get back in. There's lukewarmness, yet the people say, I'm rich and increased with goods. You see a Laodicean condition. We're not waiting on Laodicea to get here. Laodicea has been here for a while. In fact, I believe the Laodicean age is about over. But you say, what's next, Brother Ben? The coming of the Lord. That's it. That's all there is. There's not another age. There's not another, another prophet, another time. This is it. And so if it's about over, what does that mean? It means it's about going home time. Right. Amen. 
this is one of the, the shortest ages that there were. Brother Branham talked about that, this being the shortest age. If that's the truth, and I believe that it is, then this is, it's about time to go home. We can't stay here much longer. I tell you what, if it's tomorrow or 100 years from now, it'll still be the same message that'll carry us there. Amen. Amen. So he said, we're bearing record of that age. We see lukewarmness all around us. We see the church in its condition. But we see the bride in its condition. And we have to highlight both of those things because in a, I've talked to you about it lately, but in a doom and gloom theology, you say, well, the church has gone downhill, but so has the bride. Well, not God's bride. Now, everybody you may be looking at may not be bride, but the end time bride can't fall. It can't fall. It can't go out into denominationalism. It can't. There's got to be a people on the face of the earth that will not do that. That won't accept the lie that Satan told Eve. There's got to be somebody that will stand against that. And I believe they're on the face of the earth today. I believe we've got some all around the earth. But that's got to be here, that end time bride. Because there's got to be somebody, Sister Curtis, go home. There's got to be somebody whose body's going to be changed. Hallelujah. Now, he, he said here, also a type of the seven church ages, he, he said, which in Revelation 10, 7, that the great mystery of the book was to be unfolded by the seventh angel's message. He said, now there's a messenger above always and a messenger on earth. The English word angel means messenger. And in the seventh angel's message, while he was making his proclaiming his ministry, he said, then when he began to sound forth his ministry, not when he started out, he said, now watch, now in the seventh church age, when the seventh angel begins to sound, the mysteries of God was to be made known right there. So he put this, now it's going to be the bride that goes in the rapture, yeah. and it's going to happen during this time after the seventh angel gives his message. He begins to sound his message. Yes. And it's also the time, and he goes into this, when the Son of Man is revealed, Luke 17, 30. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. He said, what is revealed? To make his revelation I love this, of what he is in this day. The revelation of the Son of Man is to make his revelation of what he is in this day. In other words, to say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He proved to the people through the Son of Man ministry that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll, I'll say this, the Son of Man, which is the Word, did not leave. When Brother Branham left the earth, but it's still, he's still alive today. He's still here. He did not go. He did not come to the earth and go back. You understand the word is still here. How many believe that today? Amen. Then if the word is still here, what did he say? It's to, he said, what is revealed? Make his revelation of what he is in this day. Reveal to the people the word that's made known for the day. Reveal to the people by the manifestation of Holy Spirit, making that Jesus live among us. Yes. And we believe that that Jesus still lives among us. Yes. So we're living in that age. Now, he said, here we see it, the Son of Man coming among his people and doing just exactly, confirming his message as he said he would do. He said, here we find it in this last age now. Now, so this is the time the rapture comes. Now, Brother Branham said the word rapture in the Bible is not even used at all. We put that word there. You say, well, it's wrong to use it then. No, because it's literally the words caught up in 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says caught up, being caught up. He said it's the order of this great rapture that will take place in the last day. So let's read that, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. He said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So the ones that slept in this morning are, are, may be ignorant of this, but you all know it, right? You're awake. 
said, I would not have you to be ignorant. I know it's tough on a morning after a wedding. We had a long day, and now you're, now you're tired. But just hang with me for a few minutes. And I believe the word of God is good. Yes. You know, I get to myself, and I pray, and I think, God, what could I, what could I bring to a people? And I, I feel it. I, I know, and lately especially, some of you have lost loved ones, and, and, and we've had funerals, and we've had a wedding, and we've had all kinds of life events taking place. Some of you have been through it. And I sit back, and I think, Lord, what would you have me because I know I'm responsible to feed the people the word. And what am I supposed to say? What can I say that would help them in some way? And always I'm impressed to preach the word. Because sometimes we need to look up above these things that we're going through. And the conflicts of life. And the troubles and the struggles of life. And look beyond that and see where are we going? What does tomorrow hold? What is it that we're going to? We're not staying here. Church, we're not, a, we're not meant to stay here. We're not creatures of time. We're creatures of eternity. We were born for a better place. We were built for a better place. We weren't made to stay here. And that's why our bodies decay and we go down because this body still lives under the curse of sin. But thanks be to God, there's a seed word on the inside that is eternal. Yes, and that eternal seed is going back where it came from. Yes, sir. That's what we believe this morning. So we are not ignorant concerning them which are asleep. We're not ignorant about these things that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or hinder them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Notice how he comes. He descends with a shout. With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Yes. Oh, my brother Branham said you, he knew that you'd want to see your mother. He knew you'd want to see your loved ones. He said, being a good God, he decided that he'd let you see them first. Yes. Oh, aren't you glad for that today? Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that God cares about you and even your family and yes. your loved ones. He cares about that. Yes. Don't ever let the devil tell you, well, you don't care about me. You don't care about my family. Oh, my family's not in the message, so he don't care about them. No, he cares about you so much that he cares about everybody around you. Amen. He cares about every. Listen, he cared about Israel so much that he put on the heart of a foreign king to go back and build their temple. He put on the heart of a Gentile king, an unbeliever, that worshipped other gods to go back and build the temple. Why did he do that? Because he cared about those that little group so much. He cares about us just as much today. Amen. He'll move mountains just to get you in the place where you ought to be. He'll change politics just to get you in the place where you ought to be. Don't think that God don't care today about what you're going through. But he'll bring you right where you need to be at the time you need to be there. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the God we serve today. Hallelujah. Y'all going to kill me. Now look. The three things happens. A shout, a voice, and a trumpet has to happen before Jesus appears. And he said Jesus does all three of them when he's descending. And he explains to us what that shout is. And Brother Brandon dwells on that in the rapture. He says, he says, a shout. What is the shout? It's the message going forth first, the living bread of life bringing forth the bride. Yes. I love that. Now, he said the first thing comes when he starts descending from the heaven, there's a shout. What is it? It's a message 
Now, and he comes back to this over and over, and I've been pondering on this. He said, to get the people together. Yeah. Now, we know it won't be to get the people together physically, although that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing to have meetings and get the people together and come to church. If you believe the word, you're going to, come, you're going to go be in the house of God, yeah. right? But if you, it's a good thing to gather the people together, but that's not what he's talking about here because he explains it in other places. No certain place on the earth. What are we gathered to? To Christ. Yeah, that's right. We're not gathered to a certain ministry or to a, or to a certain place or, or to a certain memorial of a certain place. We're gathered to Christ the word. And so this, is, this gathering that will come is a gathering to Christ. Now watch, he said, it's a message to get the people together. Right. A message comes forth first. He said, now lamp trimming time. Rise and trim your lamps. He said, well, watch, was that the seventh? Not the sixth, the seventh. Behold, the bridegroom, come, bridegroom cometh, rise and trim your lamps. And they did. He said, yeah. some of them found they didn't even have any oil in their lamp. Yes. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. See, and that was the foolish virgin, but it's lamp trimming time. Again, he said the first thing comes forth is his message, calling the bride together. The next thing is the resurrection of the sleeping bride. The ones who died back in the other ages, they're caught together. And the trumpet, the feast in the heavens and the sky. He said, why? That's the thing that takes place, friends. Now notice what he says. We're right there, ready now. Yes. Hallelujah. Where do you think we're at today? He preached this right before he died. Where do you think we're at today? We're right there ready now. The only thing the church coming out, watch, this is what has to happen. The only thing the church coming out has got to lay before the sun to ripen. Yes, sir. But you realize what you ripen into. And I love this because sometimes we, we misunderstood this. I'll be honest with you. I remember the old days when we'd sit there and say, well, we need to lay in the message in the tapes and ripen. And there's a lot of truth to that. But what do we ripen into? Yes. Original seed. Yes. Right? We don't ripen into something that's dead. We don't ripen into something that has no life in it. But we ripen into the original seed. Where it looks like the first church that went down. Yes, sir. Amen. And in the first church that went down, they weren't all sitting apart somewhere and all off to themselves, but they come together. They had church. They were scattered all over the earth, sure. Some of their churches were small. There's no, there's nothing. God uses small churches and big churches and all kinds of churches. But see, what is it? They were gathering together. They were having church. They were healing the sick. They were raising the dead. They were worshiping God. They had prayer meetings. Yeah. What was it? That was the seed that went into the ground. What were we ripen into yes, when sir. we lay in the presence of the message? Yes, sir. What were we ripen into when we lay in the presence yeah. of the sun? We'll ripen into the original seed. Right. Because it's got to come back to the original in order to go yes, home. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Get all the greenness baked out of us. I don't mean that we don't have life, but it reproduces the fullness of the manifestation of the original life. Are you with me now? Now, he said the only thing is the church has got to lay before the sun. Now, he begins to explain about, sirs, this is, the, is this the time and the experience on Sunset Mountain? And he goes through that, and, and, and he talks about the voice on the river. What did that voice say to Brother Branham on the river? It said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, the message that is given you will be a forerunning of the second coming of Christ. He goes on, he says, not that I would be a forerunner, but the message was the forerunning. He said, I'm no more than no one else. It's the Christ 
we're speaking of. So this message, and, and again, remember, he said it's not when he starts on, but when he begins to sound. He said, and then this message is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, the bride is gathered together, as we said, by that shout. He said, therefore, the message calls the bride together. Calls the bride together. It might be physical, physically impossible for me today to be with my brothers in Togo or my brothers in the Philippines or my brothers in Egypt, but yet we're called together. Yeah. Under the message of the hour, we're called together under the shout. Now, I want to go now to Revelation chapter 10, and I know I'm reviewing a lot of things and you know all of this, but I just want to build a, a large platform and, and just put a little bit of icing on top and then we'll go. Uh, this, this morning. Don't you love the word of God? Yes. Even if you heard it before, you love it. Yes. Amen. Amen. So Revelation 10 and 1, it said, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. Brother Branham said, only Christ it could be. Yes. He said, clothed with a cloud, a rainbow was upon his head. His face was as it were the sun. His feet as pillars of fire. Yes. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set the right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants. So he says, in the days of the voice, but then, but then brings it down, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Brother Branham ta taught us that this messenger of Malachi 4 in Revelation 10, 7 is going to do two things. One, he will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. And two, he will reveal the mysteries of the seven thunders in Revelation 10, which are the revelation contained in the seven seals. And then he goes back and ties those two together. And he says it will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that literally turn the hearts of the children to the Pentecostal fathers. Yes, That's been done. Yeah, truth. Right? I think we can all agree on that. We're not waiting on that. Right? This is not planning time. It's harvest time. This isn't the time for Malachi 4 to be fulfilled. It's been fulfilled. Right? And that's been fulfilled. But what is this? The results of it. Right. The crop that comes from Malachi 4. Yes. That's why, again, I don't like a bunch of negativity about the message because you start putting down message people. Hey, I'm one of those people. Yeah. Sure. Right? And you start putting down message people. Well, message people are bad. Message people are all this. Well, somebody in that message people, somebody in that group, it won't be all of them. There's yeah. a mixed multitude. But somebody in that group right. is going to go home one of these days. Yeah. Their body's going to change. Somebody in that group received this revelation. Yeah. Right. Somebody in that group, their hearts have been turned back. Oh, I, I want to stand here today and say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. That, that may be maligned and laughed at and everything else, but I'm one of them. Somebody there who their hearts have been turned back. And I can say by the message of the hour, my heart has been turned back to my Pentecostal fathers. That's why I want to worship God with all of my heart. That's why I want to, ch I want to see God move among us. That's why I want to see uh, things happen among us. Why? Not because I want to go back to a Pentecostal denomination of 1906, but because the message turned my heart back. Yes, Not to a Pentecostal denomination, but yeah. to the original word, yes, the original seed. Amen. Amen. 
Where are we at? We've already been gathered to Christ by the shout. As far as a group, you understand there are still individuals being gathered by that same message. The message has done its job. Now, this is kind of what I want to key off of this morning, and I wanted to, uh, to I use this as a title, The Mystery of Going, because Brother Brown said at the same time, he said as soon as the church, the bride, is drawn together, hallelujah, she is taken up. And that mystery of the seventh seal, he said, or the seventh seal, the mystery of going. So she's taken up in the mystery of going. Now, Brother Branham identifies that with the second coming of Christ. He said, now you notice on the opening of the seventh seal, he said it's also in a threefold mystery. I know I'm reading a lot this morning, but I just really want us to get this. He said, I will speak and have spoke that it is the mystery of the seven thunders. The seven thunders in heaven will unfold this mystery. It will be right at the coming of Christ because Christ said no one knew when he would return. Yeah. Now, and he connects this to Matthew 24. You remember we're in Matthew 24 in the sixth seal? He parallels, or in the seventh seal, he parallels Matthew 24 to the first six seals. Yes. Right? And, he, and, and what was the question asked in Matthew 24? He said, upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately asking three questions. Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And so those verses parallel six of the seven seals, but omit the seventh. He said, did you notice when the Jews asked him that? He said, no. He said, when we compared the scripture with Matthew 24, with the six seals, the seventh seal was left out. He said, because only God himself knows, not even the angels. No wonder it wasn't even written. You see, they hushed, nothing taking place in. Angels don't know it. Nobody knows when he's coming. Now watch. He said, but there will be seven voices of the thunders that will reveal the great revelation at that time. Yes. Wait. The seven thunders were revealed under the seals. Are you with me now? So you, you put these things together and you begin to realize that he's talking about something that was happening. It was going on. And we're living under that revelation today. I really believe that. And you can believe uh, whatever you want about that. But I do believe that the book is open. And Brother Branham taught us that for the book to be open, the seventh seal was open. In fact, he makes a statement, Christ opened that seventh seal. Seventh seal. He said, but there will be a seven voices of these thunders that will reveal the great revelation at that time. So I believe, he said, if we don't know it, he said it won't be known till that time. Now, again, and there is a part we don't know. What well, don't we know? The day and the hour. Right. Yeah. But if I could say it this way, it's hard-coded in us. Does that make sense? We don't know it. But there's a seed on the inside that at that day and at that time... Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. We're not going to miss it. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's something about this mystery that was unveiled, this revelation of the opening of the word that comes to us and actually put within us yes, sir. the mystery of going right. so that though we don't know what day or hour, when that hour comes, we're going home. Why? Right. We heard the message of the hour. We heard the shout. We were gathered together to the word. And now we're laying there in the presence of the Son. Amen. Becoming the original seed. And when that time comes, if it's today or tomorrow or next week or 100 years from now, we're going home. Yes, We've been hardwired to do that. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He said it, but it will be revealed in that day and the hour that it's supposed to be revealed in. So the thing for us to do is be reverent before God and serve him. How many want to serve him today? Yes. Do all that we know how to do. Live good Christian lives. 
He said, here now we find that the sixth seal has been opened to us. We see it. And again, now watch what he, how he says it. We know that this seventh seal cannot be broke to the public until that hour arrive. Cannot be broke to the public until that hour arrive. He said, no, there was some reason that God let this seven voices be thundered. Because it must come. Yeah. Oh, I hope you hear me now. Yes. For we find that Christ the Lamb took the book in his hand and he opened that seventh seal. But you see, it's a hidden mystery. No one knows it. But right along with what he said, no one would know it's coming. They also would not know about this seven thunder mystery. So you see, it's connected together. Hallelujah. He said that much we have an understanding of it today because the rest of it is all unfolded. But this is not unfolded. But sitting in my room, he said, I heard this. Not heard it, but seen it. Unfold the seven thunders. He said, now that's as far as we can go right there. He said, now I trust that each and every one of you will serve God. Do that which is right. Love him all your life and serve him. And God will take care of the rest. Yes, sir. Now watch, when you open the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, now, but you said, did Brother Branham stop there? No, he didn't. Go to Christ is the mystery of God revealed. <laughs> and he picks up on the revelation of the seventh seal. Watch what he says. He said, now God had a purpose and a hidden mystery. And that's what I want to speak on to the church this morning. The hidden mystery. Amen. That he, God, that he had in his mind before the world ever began. And how that it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour. Yes. Amen. Amen. That we're living. He said, then you will understand clearly. You see on, I believe, what is being done. God's great mystery of how. He said it's a secret. He kept it a secret. Nobody knew nothing about it. Even the angels didn't understand it. He didn't reveal it. That's the reason. And our seventh mystery, when the seventh seal was open, there was silence. He said, Jesus, when he was on earth, they wanted to know when he would come. He said, even the son himself don't know when it's going to happen. See, God has this all to himself. It's a secret. And that's the reason there was silence in heaven for a space of a half hour. And seven thunders uttered their voices. And John was even forbidden to write it. See, the coming of the Lord. He said, that's one thing he hasn't revealed yet of how he will come and when he will come. He said, it's a good thing that he doesn't. Now watch. Again, he said, it won't be known to the public. Right? But now he said, he has showed or revealed it in every type that's in the Bible. Hallelujah. Oh, my. He said, therefore, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. Yes, sir. Listen, you're not going to just talk about the rapture. You're not just going to understand the rapture intellectually. I hope you hear me today. You're going to manifest it. Yes. Right. Hey, man, it's going to be more than a head knowledge. It's going to be more than a man that can show it on a chart and put it all together. But it's actually a revelation, a realization of it. I'm going to walk into that new body. Oh, I believe that with all of my heart. I'm going to walk into it. If it don't happen in my generation, my children or their children will walk into it. But I believe it's coming soon. We're going to walk into that new body. There will be a generation whose bodies will be changed. Yes, sir. Huh? Yeah. You think they won't know it? They'll absolutely know it. You understand, but it's hidden from the public. It wasn't for the public. Yeah. Right. It's the coming of the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, he said the entire Bible is an expression of one goal that God had, one purpose he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. All the acts of the believers from the Bible have been in type and expressing what God's great goal is. And now in this last day, he's revealed it and shows it. And with God's help, we'll see it right here this morning. What the Lord has had in his mind all along and has expressed it. Oh, my Aren't you glad he expressed it? He read in that sermon, Colossians 1.18, he is the head of the body. That's what he wanted. He wanted preeminence. Oh, we could, we could stop there for a while, but I just want to say this. He wants preeminence this morning. 
This is the hour when he wants, he wants preeminence above, above complexes. He wants preeminence above the, the thoughts of your mind. He wants preeminence above the things that you've been through. He wants preeminence above how you feel. He wants preeminence above the way your family did things. He wants preeminence above addiction. He wants preeminence. You, you realize that's what he came to do. Was to break those cycles in your life. He wants preeminence over those things. He said, but we've always done it that way. He wants preeminence over that. He wants preeminence over these things. And in all things. Someone say all things. All things he might have the preeminence. He wants preeminence over my attitude. Are you with me now? He wants preeminence over the way I sing. He wants preeminence over the things that I say. The things that I preach. He wants the headship. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he can have the headship today? And as long as that denominational husband was alive, he could not have the headship. But that old husband had to die so that you and I, amen, could recognize we never did it in the first place. Amen. We were, we were never married to that old husband, but we are married to Christ the Word. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got to get back to my notes so we'll never get done, but I'm not going to hold you too long this morning. Oh, look, he had to be preeminent. I always say that because no one knows what too long is, right? <laughs> he had to be preeminent in the bride before he could take her back to Eden again. Remember the threefold purpose? The second fold of it is, is preeminence in the church, over his body, the church, and the third fold back like Adam and Eve in Eden again. Before he can take us back to Eden again, he has to be preeminent. Amen. Now watch. And you look at, and I don't have time to go through all of it today, but look at the third pole. When Brother Branham talks about the third pole, and, he's, and he ties that to the seven thunders. That was, the third pole was the opening of the word. And he ties that to the seven thunders, the seventh seal. They all had one thing in common. They were hidden from public view. Yeah. And so he identifies them like this. And he talks about that vision, and we have went through it here a while ago. But he said, I noticed he's having the vision of the tent. You remember the tent vision? I think sometimes we shy away from that, and we shouldn't. Because you don't have to take some man's interpretation of that. Amen. You know, for Brother Branham to come back in a tent, he just didn't say that. Right? A wonderful theory. He just didn't say it. It's just not in the Word and it's not in the Scripture. But there's a great truth there. It's the third pole. And he said, I noticed to my left, which would have been to my right if I was on the platform, so on this side, a little wooden building. You see, he said, I've seen that light leave me and go to that building and go in that building. And a voice said to me, I'll meet you in there. That'll be the third pole. And I said, why? Now watch what he says. Why will you meet me? Why will you meet me in there? Why? He said, well, it won't be a public show like the other. You remember the first one? He could show them when the diseases were gone. Yeah, that's right. God's a great God. Yeah. He can do what he wants. Brother Random, he took in his hand. He held onto their hand. And when that, when that spirit left, he could show them that the bumps and the vibrations were gone yeah. from his hand. That, that was a public show. People could see it. When he discerned the thoughts and intents of the heart, people could see that. Right? And then they thought, well, Brother Branham's lost his ministry because he could still do those things. Even to the end, the first sign was still there. The, the, the second sign was still there. But now he was, he was revealing the word. And the people said, well, he's lost his ministry. No, he found his ministry. Yeah. Right? This is the fulfillment of his ministry. This yeah. is why he came. Yes. And so now... But he said it won't be a public show like the others were. Won't be like that. And so he says, it left me. Again, he's telling the same story. He said it went right down over the top of that audience and went and stood over the top of that little building and settled down on top of it. 
when it did, this one that was standing by, by me, behind me, the same voice, the angel's voice, he said, I'll meet you in there. Yes. And this is the third pole, but nobody will know nothing about it. He says, and I said, well, I don't understand. Why in there? Why there? He said, it will not be a public show this time. Now, and, and you know, if Brother Branham came back here on the earth, it would be a public show. Yeah. I would personally make a public show of it. I mean, wouldn't you? We've got these things. I don't have my phone with me. We've got phones and tablets. Man, we'd be up. When you go to Africa, if you go to Africa, they take their tablet right up front and they record you. And they record the audience, you know, while, while it's going on. Well, the service is going to kind of disconcerting. We'd all be doing that if Brother Branham came back. Wouldn't we? I mean, we'd be walking around showing people. It would be a public show. That's not what, listen, that's not what the scripture teaches. Yeah. It's going home time. Yeah. Right. Brother Branham did his job. I'd love it if he could, but, he, but he did his job while he was alive. It's going home time. Listen, another prophet on the scene that come back with more, uh, another healing ministry, a one-man ministry, that would be a public show. Right. Right? Another one man that has that. You say, well, so-and-so, they, they got the mantle. They, uh, that's going to be the prophet that helps us understand the message and brings us in. But that would be a public show. But, amen, this won't be. Yeah. Hallelujah. Why? Because it happens in the lives and the hearts of individuals. In the, in the lives and, and the hearts and in the ministries and in, the, in, in, our, in our local churches. And we think, and it's happening right now. And people look at it and say, nothing's going on. It's nothing going on. But I see revival. I see a move of the Spirit. I see God doing what He promised yes, He would sir. do. I see the seed being planted yeah. that come up and become the original seed again. I see God working. Yes, sir. I see God moving. They say, nothing's going on. But it won't be a public show. It, won't, it wasn't supposed to be a public show. Yes, sir. Amen. Why? Because in the time of trouble, where are we living at today? Yeah. Come on, church, where are we living at? Yes. We're in the time of trouble. We're in the time when nations are invading other nations and daring us to do something about it, and we can't do anything about That's it. Right. Yeah. We're in the time when, when everything's falling apart. The world is falling apart, but it's been doing that for a while. Yes. This isn't anything new. We're living in a time of trouble, but during that time, he'll hide me in yes. his pavilion. Amen. If you look at that, that pavilion that's behind the veil. Amen. He'll hide me behind the veil. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Yeah. He shall set me upon a rock. The Amplified Version puts it this way. For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter. Yeah. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. Amen. Yeah. What rock are you standing on, Brother Ben? The rock of the revelation. Yes, sir. Amen. Not, the, not a man, not a family name, not something else, not a church name, not a preacher in this message today, but on the rock of the revelation. Amen. Yes. The rock of revelation of the, of the word of God in our hour. Yes. Hallelujah. We're not feeding on a man. We're feeding on the body word of the son of man. Yes. Hey, that ought to give us something to shout about. Yes. Hey, there's a reason why we're happy. Yeah. The old song said, can't you see why I'm happy? Yes, Amen. I've heard the word of the Lord. Yeah. I know what he said, and, and I've seen it live out. Amen. Among the people of God. I've seen the people change. I've seen my heart change. I know what this message did for me. You can't take me away from this message because this message isn't a man who said one thing here and one thing somewhere else. But this message is Christ. That God hid himself behind that fallible man and revealed himself to us through that ministry. Yes, sir. Are you with me now? In the day of trouble, he'll hide me. What a comfort that ought to be to every one of us. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The shout gathers us 
into Christ. Not a place of the earth, but into Christ where all things are possible. Wouldn't you like to be gathered into those meetings where Brother Branham was speaking and they, they said, saying, only believe the atmosphere that was there. But we've been gathered spiritually yeah. to a better place. Yes. Right. I hope you're hearing me today. We've been gathered to a better place. Because we've been not been gathered to a healing revival. We've not been gathered, though I would have loved to have sat there and listened to the, uh, to the sound of a prophet preaching yeah. his message. I would have loved to have sat there. But we've been gathered by that message to a better place. Yes, yeah. We've been gathered to Christ the Word. And when you're gathered to Christ, you might be on the bulldozer somewhere. You might be driving a truck somewhere. You might be at the factory. You might be, you might be working on an electrical line. You might be doing carpentry work. But you've been gathered to Christ, and so you can have a revival going on 24 hours a day. Yes. It's not subject. You're on the inside of the veil. You're not subject to the outside. You say, well, there's no revival, so I can't have joy. But you're not subject to the outside condition. You're not subject to the light outside. You've been taken inside of the veil. Yes, sir. And so I can be happy if there's people in church or not in church. I can be happy whether I'm sick or not sick. Are you with me now? I may not always feel good, but I can always know that this rapture is taking place. I've heard that shout and I've been gathered to Christ the word. Hallelujah. Amen. The mystery of going then is not a mystery to her, but it's a revelation. And she doesn't just know it, but she manifested it. Hallelujah. But the Bible said, but to the church, the bride, the rapture is a revelation to her. It's revealed to her. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He said, in the revelation, the true bride of Christ will be waiting for that revelation of the rapture. What is it? The opening of the word, the coming of the Lord, the seventh seal, the third pole. It's here. And that's not knowing something about something. That's manifesting something. Are you with me this morning? Listen. While the world was spinning out of control. Think about it. I just thought about this the other day. Enoch was walking with God. And at the same time, the world was getting so bad that God said, I'm sick of it. It makes me sick in my stomach. I can't handle it anymore. They push the mercies of God. Listen, the God who allows things to go on today that go on, they pushed him so much that his mercy was over. And judgment was setting in until he annihilated every living thing except what was gathered in Noah's ark. Listen, they pushed him beyond, beyond into his wrath. He said that the people, the the, the thoughts and intents of their heart was only, was wicked continually. That's the age that we live in too. As it was in the days before the flood. And during that time, in the hundreds of years that passed, in, 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 the, in the decades, in the generations that passed before that time, Enoch walked with God. Yes, sir. And as the world spun faster and faster out of control and gay marriage was legalized and, yeah. and, and the world, people began, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and the church went out into, into oblivion and the world becomes so, so filthy in the eyes of God. It was during that same time. Yeah. Yes. That Enoch was not. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. We look at everything that's going on around us, Brother JT. We think, how are we going to make it? What's the future for our children? And when everything's spinning out of control, the bride is not. That's right. She's been caught away. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen. What did Enoch preach? What was his message? Jude tells us in Jude 14, Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh. Hallelujah. With ten thousands of his saints, while the world was spinning out of control, God opened up the seals, and we can say it that way, to Enoch, and he saw his name there, and he saw the op- in the opening of the word, he saw the going away, the mystery of going, and it wasn't a head knowledge, but it was a revelation, and one day, he just went. Yes, sir. Well, they were going down in wickedness. He was catching that rapture revelation. What did Brother Branham see? He saw the church of this age, the church of America, the church of all these other nations as they went down with that rock and roll music and marched down into hell. But he also saw a bride. Amen. Yes, he also saw a bride that had white robes on and they were marching to onward Christian soldiers and they were marching up yes, sir. during that same time. Yes. Hallelujah. As they fall into the deceivableness of unrighteousness, as the Bible puts it. Yes. As they fall into that antichrist system. As they come together to combat communism or whatever it is that they'll do. Yeah. At the end time that we've been taught different things would happen. But as they do that, don't get your eyes too much on that. Because here we're being caught away Amen. in the mystery of going. Right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now... But the random said this, and I'll close. He said, I want you to get built up now in this holy oracles of God in the faith of this hour. <laughs> the faith of this hour. What else do we have to preach, church? Yeah. Well, have anything but the message of the hour. Amen. Don't have anything else. What do we, he said, I want you to be built up in the faith of this hour, the faith. He said, it's going to take more faith yeah. than ever was in any age, for this has to be rapturing faith. To be taken up. Yes. And so we want you to believe tonight. Are you still with me on a Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. We want you to believe tonight. Listen. We want you to believe in something. We want you to believe in all that you have seen. Amen. Oh, true. You said, but I wasn't there to see it. But you've seen God move in a bride form. You've seen God manifest himself in a bride form, in a bride body. He said, but I see mistakes. People found mistakes in Brother Branham's ministry. Or thought they did anyway. They looked for them and they found them. They'll look for mistakes in you and find them. But you've seen God move. He said, and I want you to believe. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hope we can catch hold of this today. I want you to believe what you've seen. I want you to believe what you've heard. Hallelujah. The word that you've heard preached. The signs and wonders that you've seen done. We want you to accumulate all that together in your heart and consider it, whether if it be that God or not. See, this isn't a cult. We're not going to make people force them and and conscript them in and make them walk a certain way and do a certain thing. No, I want you to see. I want you to hear. Like Jesus told to to John's disciples, tell John the sick are being healed. Yes, sir. Uh, The dead are being raised. The poor having the the gospel preached unto them. I want you to see, I want you to hear what God is doing in a simple way. God, hidden in simplicity, but I want you to see it. I want you to hear it, and I want you to consider in your heart whether it be God or not. He said, it's like Elisha of old. If God be God, then serve him. And if Jesus is the center of all things, all things, to the Christian, then I think we ought to let loose 
of everything else yeah. and cleave to him. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. What should I do, Brother Ben, knowing this great revelation? What should I do? Get a chart, try to figure it all out, lay out the years? No. What should I do? Believe it. Amen. Believe what you've seen. Amen. Believe what you've heard. Amen. Believe in what's happened in your life. Are you hearing me this morning? Believe what's happening in your life. Believe what's happening in your churches. Believe what's happening around the bride. Believe it. I want you to believe what you've seen. Believe what you've heard. He said, I want you to get built up. If, if Jesus is the center of all things to the Christian, I think we ought to let loose of everything else and cleave to him. Remember, he is the center. He is the North Star. He is the ultimate. He is the absolute. And if he is the North Star, there's only one thing that will point to the North Star. He said, that's your compass that you're sailing with. And the compass I'm trying to sail you with is the word. And the word always points to him. Amen. He said, if you don't see Christ in every verse of it, he said, go back and read it again. Amen. Amen. And he says, and we feel like. Now here he goes to the way we feel. He said, God, feelings don't matter, but God does care about how you feel. Because we feel like we're going through a great time of distress and trials. How many of you feel that way today? We feel like we're going through a great time. Oh, this message just speaks to us, doesn't it? A great time of distress and trials. Perplexity of the time. What that is, is confusion. Not knowing what's going to happen next. Perplexity of the time. Distress between the nations. And all kinds of things happening. And sometimes I, he's a prophet of God. Yeah. But he says, sometimes I get engulfed. Oh, my. I read this and I just got up and walked around my office. I thought, oh, God, if, if a prophet of God could get engulfed in these things, sometimes just with a local church, and we don't have a big ministry, but just with the local church that we do have, sometimes I get engulfed. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I, feel like I just, you, you can't handle it. You felt that way. Some of you fathers feel that way. Sometimes at work you feel that way. You just get run over or get overwhelmed by the things that are going on around me. He said, sometimes I get engulfed. Like everywhere I look, it's like a ship out on the sea. He said, and I've been given charge of the boat. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, we can relate to that on some level. I can't relate to a messenger of the age because I won't be, I'm not, I won't be, and I will never be a messenger to the age. I haven't been, I'm not, I won't be. Right? And no one else will be either. Yeah, sure. We had a messenger to the age. He had one earthly messenger and a heavenly messenger. He said, but I've been given charge of the boat. We've been given charge of of our little boats. Does that make sense? We're our families. Amen. We men have been given charge of our boats. (coughs) Brother Gabe had a little boat and it made it a little bit bigger. If he got married, and if he has children, if the Lord blesses him in that way someday, then they'll get bigger. But it's still a small boat. And I've been given charge of my boat. How are we going to make it? Think about it for a minute. How am I going to make it? And here comes one with a white cap. Gas prices. (laughs) Russia, Ukraine. Are you with me now? Coronavirus. Look at this boat, and you can see because the captain, he stands where he can see. And sometimes that's not a good thing. Sometimes you can thank God for your ignorance. I've never understood people wanting to know everything that was going on in the church. 
Sometimes we thank God for our ignorance. Because <laughs> the more people, more cattle you get in the stall, the more mess they make, right? There's always going to be a mess. <laughs> and so people want to know what's going on. But, but listen, here comes one of the white cap. And being someone in charge of a boat, I see that headed towards my ship. What am I going to do? He said, it's a hundred times bigger than my ship. And I see the trials, I see the trouble, I see things that happen around us, and it's a hundred to some of you in your marriages, in your homes, in your, in, your, in your social life, in your work, the trial that you're facing is a hundred times bigger than your ship. How are you going to get over that white cap? It's going to wash you out. If you've ever seen a video of a, of a ship out on the Atlantic Ocean and those big waves come up, those white caps a hundred times bigger than the ship, and they come on and just crash over the ship. But the ship was built to overcome it. Yeah. And you think there's no way that my boat can overcome yes, sir. the white cap, but the ship was built for that happening. The shipbuilder knew in his mind that every white cap would come, that there would be hundred foot waves. The shipbuilder was not ignorant of the waves. Yes, sir. But he knew what was coming. Amen. And he prepared it for that event. It's not the Titanic, it's a ship built by God. He said, but we'll crest them every one. Now watch what he says. We are more than victors through him. How many believe that today? Yes. And I love how he changes the picture. Because here we feel like we're in an ocean. Yeah. And there's a great white cap coming down over us. He says, we are more than victors through him, the captain, yes. the chief captain. Yes. Whatever boat you're in charge of today, he's the chief captain. Yes, sir. The chief captain, you mothers with your little children, you're in charge of that boat at home, and you wonder, how am I going to send them to school if I don't send them to school? And it seems like there's, there's just a perplexity, a time when it seems like I don't hardly know what to do with them. And then as they get older, they're influenced by spirits. But the chief captain knew that. Yeah. Oh, my. And he's got a place for me and a time and ministry to help me and my husband or my, uh, my friends and people like that to, to help me out. But look, the chief captain... It's got a hold of the ship, so he changes the picture. When we feel like in the in the in the micro, we feel like that we're down here and we're just we're here. We're dealing with all the little things that are going on in life. We're dealing with gas prices and wondering how we're going to get to church and wondering what we're going to do and how we're going to be able to make it. Thinking, well, maybe if I cut out one of the services, I'll be better off. See, that's just what the devil wants you to do. Maybe if I quit going, quit doing this, I'll be better off. No, the devil the devil wants you to do that. God wants you to keep on going on, yeah. keep on keeping on. Yeah. He'll provide for you. He'll make a way. How can you say that, Brother Ben? Because I've never been rich in my life, but he's always made a way. Yes. He's always made a way. Amen. I put him first. Yes. And the captain, the chief captain, has got a hold on the string. Yes. It's a strange boat. Think about it. Am I holding you too long this morning? I hope not. The chief captain has a hold on the string. Think about that. How is he pulling a great big ship? Through the ocean, 100-foot waves, 100 times bigger than my boat, rather, great big waves coming at me, and he's pulling it yeah. by a string. Yeah. Now, he reverses the picture. I look at it like it's a big lake or an ocean. He looks at it like a little pond. <laughs> and every once in a while, he troubles the water by blowing on it. And that's that great big wave. Yeah. Just the breath of God blows on it and it blows the little ship 
And those ships said, how am I going to make it? But it's connected by a string. Amen. If you could just look at your trials that way. Yeah. Not like it's, it's some great big ocean out here and the waves are overwhelming me. But it's just a little boat. I'm just a little boat out in the middle of a pond. Right. And the one who put me in the pond right. kept a string of election right. attached to my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Right. He put that string of election on my life and he's pulling me. He's pulling me, he uses the ministry to pull me, he uses the evangelist to pull me, he used the prophet of the age. When I heard that, it pulled me. It yeah. took me, why was it? Yeah. Because he had a hold of the string. Amen. He has a hold of the string on the end of the ship. Yes. He'll pull it through. Yes, sir. It's not a great big wave. Yeah. It's just a little pond. And it's just God's breath troubling the water. So he'll, to prove to everybody standing around watching what the boat can do. Yes, sir. That's good. Are you with me this morning? Do you love him this morning? Amen. Let's close. Musicians come. They tell me that Ernest Shackleton, I think they just found his ship over in the Arctic. But one time he left a bunch of men. They're in the ice. There's only certain times that you could get in when the ice was melting, when you could get in to get to the people that were there. And so he come in and only had a few hours to go in and get out, but he rode in on the ship and he come in to get his men. As soon as the ice was breaking, he, he rushed in and he grabbed the, the men off the bank and they were already there with their bags packed, their tents folded up, waiting. When he got there, before they could even see him coming, he said, my, he said, if you hadn't run in, he said, I don't know what we would have done. The ship would have probably frozen over. He said, and they said, well, every day we got ready. Because they said, we woke up in the morning. And we said, today may be the day that the boss comes. We're living here in the Arctic. We've got all our tents and everything spread out. But they didn't get lazy. They didn't start fussing at one another. Every day they packed up their gear and they waited. And one day the icebreaker ship come through. Oh my, that's what we have to do. I preached to you last, last Sunday night. What, what would we do if we knew that tomorrow was the rapture? How would we act? What would we do? What would we do? What should we do? We should keep on keeping on. But what would we really do? We would forgive our neighbor. We would love one another. We'd do those things. You understand? If we really believe that. We'd put some things into action. Stand there every day with your bags packed. Today may be the day that the boss comes. And if I have to set up my tent tonight, I'll pull it down again in the morning because I'm going to be ready when he comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. I wonder if that string, maybe you feel that little tug on the end of the string. Those of you who weren't able to come this morning, you're watching. Maybe you feel it there where you're sitting. God's able to do that. He's able to, you feel that pull, that tug on the end of the string. That's election calling. You were born to be the bride of God. He wouldn't deal with you in that way if you weren't. Don't let Satan tell you that you're not going to make it. He's got a hold of the string. But, but give in to the pulling. Give in. Pull up your anchor. If he's pulling you from the line on the other side, pull up your anchor. It's just a little pond. See, but if I don't leave my anchor, my complexes, my bitterness, if I'm not anchored to that, then I, I won't be able to make it. I'll get tossed about. No, he is the anchor that we need. 
He, my only hope can lie in him. He's got a hold of the string on the other end of the ship. He's got everything that I have need of. Could you just talk to him for a few moments? Those of you that are here, those of you that are watching this morning, just start talking to him. Lord, Lord, I, I, I love you. I want to I, I wanna be what you want me to be. I realize I get caught up in everyday life. But today I want to thank you for coming and bringing to me the mystery of going, as we can say, the revelation of going. I've been caught up in that time. The seals have been opened and the shouts went out. And now, in these troubling times, I know I'm already, I'm already tied to the shore. The shouts already went out. I'm going home. It's not going to be long. I'm not waiting on something else to happen. I'm going home. You just talk to him like that. If you need to pray, the altar's open. But just speak to him in your heart. Say, Lord, I, I want everything to be packed up. Everything to be ready. I've let the world come in and get in my way. Lord, take it out of the way today. Take it out of the way. Let me, let me live for you. Let me live wholly, unreservedly, Lord, to you. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we pray for these people today. I pray for myself also and my family. Oh, God, we don't understand sometimes in our little boats what you're doing. But help us to know, Lord, that it's not a great big ocean, but a small pond in your eyes. You know how to pull us through. It's a small thing. You know the devil and his end. You know who we are. You know our end. Help us to realize today who we are. Lord, as you said, if that people would ever get that revelation of who they are, then it would go. I pray, God, that that would be so. I pray you'd help us to recognize that we've been pulled by election to another land. Lord, help us to give in, to surrender to that. Lord, to let go, to let God work in our lives. To, Lord, to let you produce miracles in our lives. To let you, not to manufacture them, Lord, but to let you manifest those things in our lives so that we can know, Lord, we can see, our children can see. And we can say to our children, Lord, look at what you see. Believe what you see in your mother and father. Believe what you hear around the house. Believe what you see in the church. Believe what you heard. Yes, there'll be fakes. Yes, there'll be people that don't know. Yes, there'll be people who do wrong. But believe in the people of God. Believe in the things of God. Believe in the miracles that God has done. Believe in what you've seen. Believe in the tapes that you hear. In the, in the prophet's voice. Believe in the voice of the ministry in the last days. Believe. Amen. Let it give you faith to go home. I pray you grant that today, Lord. Help us to manifest that to our children, in front of our children, before our children, in our words, Lord. Help it to, man help it to manifest in our words as ministers, Lord, in our words as singers, as whatever it is that we do, Lord. May it manifest, oh God. May it speak to your people today. Believe what you've seen. Believe what you've heard. I pray you grant it today. We love you. We thank you for what you're already doing in our hearts today. I pray you continue to do that. Those that will be going home today, I pray that you give them traveling mercies. Lord, and those that have been sick, I pray that your healing touch would be right there where they're at. Lord, that the symptoms would begin to leave right now. That they'd be able to come this afternoon, Lord, or, or Wednesday night when they would be able to come back. Lord, and that they would be full of joy knowing that you healed their body. We thank you for it. Thank you for what you're doing in, among us. We believe you'll continue to heal and continue to move. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together and worship him a moment. 
just feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. He's worthy of our worship, worthy of our adoration today. Let's just talk to Him a minute with our, with our singing and our voice and, and, and state that we believe that we're going home. Amen to be with Him. Hallelujah. Let's sing it now with all of our heart. I'm going home. Oh, I'm going home. Sing it now with all of your heart. Of the rapture. Amen. 
in that blessed home in the highest. Let your thoughts this morning been turned towards the going home. Amen. Well, I'm thinking of the rapture in our blessed home on high. Oh, when the redeemed, amen, for our gathering And how we'll raise that heavenly anthem in that city in the sky. Oh, when the redeemed, sing it now, for our gathering Over on the streets of gold When the redeemed Are gathering in And no one music No one singing Or that city will be wrong When the redeemed Are gathering Sing with all your hearts now Oh, when the redeemed Are gathering in We're washed like snow And free from all sin Prison bars has flown. 
Yeah. 